Hey friends, welcome to Halfway There. This is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. We love to get into the nitty gritty of what it's actually like to follow the Lord today in the 21st century. And uh, I can't wait to just share this story with you today. I'm your host, by the way, Eric Nevins. You guys all know that. But uh, thank you for downloading. We appreciate it. Um, today, our guest, she is a success coach. She's a two-time Olympian, and uh, she is about to release her first podcast called Sprinting to Success, which I think sounds really cool. She's going to tell us all about it. Esme Lawrence. Esme, welcome to Halfway There. Oh, thank you, Eric. I am so excited to be on your podcast. Looking forward to talking with you. Me too. I am excited to hear a lot more about your story. Um, Tell us a little bit about your podcast that's coming out and some of the work that you're doing now. Okay. So January the 5th, um, next year, I have a new podcast. It's coming out. It's called Sprinting to Success. And the goal of this podcast is to empower women who are working in high stress um, professions and uh, women CEOs. And so the the idea is to just empower them to to step into their greatness, um, to um, to live life according to what God intended them to be, Mm. you know, and not to be afraid and um, and 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 manage and and learn how to manage their stress. So we all know that stress is going to it stress comes at us. But it's how we think about stress and just, you know, so my goal is just so that they can live happier, more successful lives. Yeah, absolutely. Give, a, give me an example of some high stress, um, you know, environments that, that you're, wanna, you're working with women on. Okay, so um, women who are working in, you know, like, um, you know, somebody who's in a banking profession, somebody who um, is a social worker, somebody who's a nurse, somebody, um, anybody who's like, who is just, you know, working in any, any, any areas that um, they're dealing with a lot of people. And, and then they're, you know, um, stressed out and they, um, um, they're more um, clients, they have more clients than they can manage. Yeah. So those areas. More, more people equals more stress. A right. lot of times. Definitely. Amen. Okay. Well, that sounds really great. I can't wait to hear um, some more about that. Well, let's go back into your story, and I'd love to hear how God brought you up to this point. So, um, tell us about, like, I don't know anything about where you grew up or anything, so tell me tell me a little bit about that. Right. So, I was born in, in Jamaica, and um, my mom, and my mom is just a great woman of God, so she uh, was a single mom of five kids. And living in the ghetto with a grade eight education, so my mom decided that she is going to um to bring her bring her kids out of Jamaica to, uh, to Canada to to have a better opportunity for her children and for herself. And so she had a lot of struggles um when she um came to Canada, left us in Jamaica, and finally you know she brought us um to to Canada. And so uh, how old were you? Canada, I was about twelve years old. Okay. And so when I came to Canada, you know, my mom would bring us to church because my mom was working two or three jobs as a single woman. She's, um, she worked a lot, like, you know, many jobs so she can put food on the table for us. And one of the things that my mom, my mom was very smart. One of the things that she did was she made sure that we went to church. And mm. at that time, we went to church almost every day. <laughs> wow. You know, after school, you know, at least, at least three, four times, um, uh, you know, like um, a week, we would go to church. And of course, on Sundays. So she kept us busy because um, she was busy working. So she always knew where we were, you know, so we would go to church. And that's where my journey with the Lord started 
when I'm going to church and, you know, I became a Christian and got baptized, you know, and so, and loved it because I'm um, at the church that we went to, it was like, um, we, there was really strong um, young people presence in that church. And, and I just felt the love and the, the support from the community. So they became our, you know, like, I mean, extended family, mm-hmm. you know, while mom was working. And um, so, you know, and they would come over to our house. And they would, we would have um, prior meetings and a lot of young people. And it was such a really dynamic environment. And, you know, and we, I just learned to love the people in that church. And they, they adopted us. Because, yeah. um, because we, because I didn't have a, you know, I mean, single mom, no, no, um, no dad. And, um, so they, they brought us into the, the fold and loved us. That's great. You know, and, and, you know, in times that we didn't even have, my mom didn't have presents to give us, you know, and, um, and Christmas times they would give us presents. Like we, we got a lot of presents, you know, so, so that, that was my, my journey with, um, with the Lord. Wow. Yeah. I love that. So that's, that's a big change though. Going from Jamaica to Canada, that's a lot colder. Yes, yes. And, you know, when I came off the plane, I'm thinking, what, what, what? And I know what? I've never seen snow before. Oh, And wow. it's like, and it was in the winter. Yeah. I didn't have a winter coat. And I thought, what's, you know, oh, what's going on here? And I uh, didn't know what it was. I'm thinking, what's this slippery white stuff? And then, you know, then my mom, that's snow, you know. And of course, my mom brought us, you know, a coat so we can put it on. But, uh, but yeah, it was, um, but it was exciting because it was yeah. a, a journey and it was exciting because my mom was in Canada and we were going to be reunited with my mom. Oh, I bet. And, yeah. And how, that was the important thing. How long were you separated? Oh, about four years. Four years? Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yes, four years. So my mom, um, when she, um, she, because in like in the place that we, where we lived, it's called Trenchtown, Jamaica. And um, so, but it was a, it was very poor, but there's a, there was a really loving community there. So um, my mom left my two older sisters in, in Trenchtown and sent me off to, and my brothers to, um, to Port Antonio to live with her aunt. So, be, um, so then we, I was in Port Antonio for about four years. And, uh, you know, didn't see my other siblings. And my mom would come and visit, you know, but I think probably so. she came to visit us once because there's a lot of money to travel from, from um, yeah. Canada to um, Jamaica. So it was, it was, yeah, it was long, you know, but so I was excited to finally be with my mom and the whole family, you know, my brothers and my sister were um, re- um, reunited in Toronto with my mom. So that was exciting. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so yes. tell us about because you you mentioned that you came to Christ there in that church. What was that experience like? How old were you then? And and like what happened? What was it that really compelled you to to make that decision? I was about I think I was about fourteen. Okay, and what uh, compelled me to make that decision was the love I felt in that church. Mm. You know, like everybody was just so caring, and and um, they had um, they call them elders in the church, and and everybody were um, they're my mother or my father and you know friends and you know they were just I felt such love you know and I felt the this presence of God when we would sing and you know and they would speak in tongues and you know and um, I would um, I would just feel that love and I think you know so so this is what I I um, when I when I see and I feel that love I think that's what God is love and I felt it and you know and um, so that was I was surrounded by that and that's why I came to to, um, to to God, and also to my mom was um, an example for me, because she was so loving and so kind, you know. And um, and I said I, I wrote a story about her in um, in the anthology book, um, you know. And so I'm thinking that um, because she was so kind and so loving, and she showed me what God love is, 
And yeah. that's why I came to Christ because uh, I was surrounded by love. And I think, yeah, this is, this is God love. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's pretty powerful. What a powerful example. Um, right. You mentioned that anthology book. Give us the title of that. Cause this just came out, right? It just came out. Yes. Um, December the 11th, it was released and it's called, I'm still, I am still here. Trials turn into transformation. You know, and um, and so when I heard that, you know, when I um, when I had the opportunity to um, write my, my mom's story in the chapter, I thought, yeah, my mom was such she was an example for um, for me, you know, and she always she had faith, you know. And so there's a story I told when um, when my mom went down to to get um, her paper, uh, well, to, to apply for to become a Canadian citizen. And so she went down, applied. And then um, they told her not to put her children's name on the paper. And she, she, she actually put two of her children's name on the paper. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, um, so then she came, came back to where she was living. This is before I, uh, we came to Canada. And um, so then, um, then her friend said, immigration called you and um, they're going to deport you. Don't go back. They want you to go back to, to see them. And then, you know, my mom, you know, she, you know, she prayed and I'm a woman of God, you know, and a Christian woman. And so she prayed and, you know, and she said, I'm going to go down there. Her friends wanted her to go to run to the States to, um, they want to hide her in the States because they're sure that immigration was going to the port Dolores, my mom. So my mom said, you know, she was, my mom was not the cowardly type and she believed in God. And she goes, I'm stepping out in faith. And so she went down um, to immigration and immigration said to her, congratulations, here are your working papers. What a powerful story, wow. you know. And so, and that's what God can do. And that is what when when you believe in God and you know in, in His power, you know, and you just leave it, leave it up to Him. That's what happens, you know. Yeah. And so my mom, yeah, that's like the complete yeah. opposite result, right? Could have could have gone one way really bad, but really it worked out in her favor because of the Lord. It, it worked out because she believed and she said, you know, there's no way. So what's going to happen to my children if I go run to the States and they hide me? Then what's going to happen to my children? What's going to happen to me? And I, I don't, she didn't want to live that way. Mm-hmm. And so, so she went and she prayed and she believed, you know, and she always says, God will make a way. Always. Wow. God will make a way. God will provide. And sometimes she said, you know, I don't have any money. But and she said, but God will provide. And then she goes to church and you know, on Sunday. And then somebody came up to her and said, um, you know, um, sister, you know, sister Davis, um, the Lord you know, put this on my heart, lay this on my heart to give you this $200. Mm. And, and, then my, and then my mom would come and tell us, that she goes, see what happens when you believe in the Lord? Yeah. You know, I, um, this gentleman came and, and gave me $200. So your mom was one of your main spiritual mentors, it sounds Definitely. like. What was Definitely. that? What was the, how did she, her faith shape you? Oh, you know, my, my, because of my mom's faith, you know, like, I mean, I, like, um, I became a Christian and, but I must tell you that, um, I wandered off, you know, like I, I, I lost faith, um, not, not losing faith, but I kind of got too busy for Christ, mm-hmm. you know, when I was training to be an, uh, an Olympian, you know, I was busy and, and most of my track meets were on Sundays, you know, and training on Sundays. So I stopped going to church and basically lost faith. And, um, and, but the thing is, my mom, you know, she said, Esme, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. So she would have elders in the church and they would say, I'm praying for you. And sometimes I remember me calling my mom, you know, from long distance, like, hey, mom, how's it going? She goes, oh, she'd say, well, Sister Bradshaw is here and, and Mother Williams is here. And we're, we're can we pray for you? You know, and I said, yes. And then, I, you know, then I thought, well, 
it's hard. It's impossible for me to fail because I have prayers behind me. Yeah. You know, but, you know, but, um, but later on, you know, and uh, my mom died last year, you know, December the 13th. And, um, and, you know, it's funny because uh, I, I kind of said, I wandered away from, from God and I came back, you know? And um, so when I saw my mom in the hospital, Eric, I'm telling you, she was dying. Her body was frail, but she had the light of God in her, mm. you know, and you look and you think, oh my gosh, you know, and she was like, she goes, the Lord will provide, you know, I'm okay. It's all, it's okay. And, you know, and she wasn't afraid of dying, you know, because she knew she was going, going to see her maker, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, and I thought about my life and I was, at that time I was very unhappy. I was in a failed marriage, you know, and things weren't going for me. I was overweight. I was just so depressed, you know, and then, and then like, you know, her spirit, her, her, just the way she looked drew me back to God, mm. you know? And I said, you know what? That's what I want to look like when it's my turn to die. Wow. I want that. I want the light of God in me. And that's what my mom had. Wow. That is powerful. Um, yes. That, that's just, wow, that's astounding. Okay. What a powerful testimony. Because here's the thing, you know, it can, it can be very hard to stay faithful over time, right? Or just to keep going. This is why there's so many encouragements in scripture to do that. And, um, and yet it's so powerful and you never know how you're going to inspire someone else just by believing and just by acting in faith. And your mom did that for you. That's awesome. I love that. For sure. Her life was an example. And it's funny because my oldest sister, she's a preacher. She's a pastor. Oh, cool. And, uh, you know, so, so then, uh, you know, and then me being a Christian now and my sister, uh, you know, she's a Christian. The only thing, uh, and then my, my brother, my, um, I have two younger brothers. And so, so one, he believes, but, you know, but he still, you know, it's not, hasn't, he hasn't given his, his heart to the Lord. I think one of these days he will. But my younger brother, my youngest brother, um, he like he disappeared about 20 years ago. And so he is gone. And, and so I don't know what happened to him. I'm not sure if he's dead or where or he disappeared someplace. I don't know. But he is he's gone, you know. And so oh. because my 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 youngest brother would like disappeared. My mom, you know, like I like she lived a year, a year um, longer than the doctor said she was um, supposed to die. Mm. And I think my mom was just waiting, to, um, hoping that her youngest son would come, would come and visit her, hoping that we would find him, you know. And so that's one disappointment that uh, my mom had, you know, yeah. said, it's too bad. I didn't, I didn't, you know, we didn't find Ian. We didn't find Ian, you know, her youngest son. Yeah. So, well, so that was a heartbreak. Well, even, yeah, I'm sorry to hear about that. Even, uh, yeah. even as you are faithful, not everything works out the way that we want. Exactly. And, uh, and yes. you know, you I know. think that makes her faith even more powerful oh, to still sure. trust no, in the midst of that. Yeah. Life doesn't always work out the way you, you know, you plan, you know, and uh, so, and, you know, cause you, you know, cause I know I envision, you know, I would say, you know, I envision better for myself, you know, you know, here I am, you know, two time Olympian and, uh, you know, and then I, and then I lost confidence. I, you know, I, mm. I, I had low self-esteem and because I kind of forgot that I was a two time Olympian <laughs> and I forgot what got me there. And I forgot the, what the grace of God that got oh, me wow. to be the two time Olympian. Okay. You know, so I forgot that story. Well, tell me, so I want to hear that story. So, so how did you get into, you were, you were in track and field, it sounds like, yes. right? So how did yes. you get into that? And then how did you know that you were like, you had what it took to kind of get to that level? Cause that's a, that's an elite level. That yes, is, it, is, yes, it is really high. So I, that's amazingly impressive. I never run um, even like, even if there were a bear chasing me, I wouldn't run. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, fine. <laughs> well, you would, you would, if you had to. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe. When the adrenaline kicks in. I'd like run the bear around a tree or something. I don't know. Who knows? But the, it wouldn't be pretty. That's that's what we can know for certain. So, But you were, I mean, you were running at an elite level. So how'd you get into that? Um, so when I was in, in Jamaica, and, and it's, a, it's a different culture there because uh, I would I would run them to school, you know, like about a, you know two miles, whatever. I would run, you know, because for some reason I was always late. Uh-huh. <laughs> my aunt, my aunt would say, "Come on, get ready, get ready," you know. And I wait till the last minute, and I don't know why, you know. But I would then I would run to school. And I would beat all the kids, you know. I would I would arrive at school earlier uh, because I would run. You know, and so when I came to Canada, I was in shape, you know, but I, I love sports, um, you know, because I just love how it made me feel, you know, that I was special. I was somebody mm. you know, because I was winning. Right. You know, so then I, I in high school, when uh, my mom moved from um, in an apartment building into a government housing in Chesterley, um, you know, Ontario. And um, so um, I so when we the, the first day we got there, I heard lots of kids playing outside. So I went to see what was happening, and then um, somebody said to me, "Oh, do you guys want do you want to race? You know, because I see kids running up and down, right?" So I went. I said, "Okay, I'll race." And then, um, and I and I, I somebody said, "On your marks, set, go!" I won the race. <laughs> and then somebody said, "Do you realize you're you're the you're the neighborhood champ?" Now, you know, and then somebody goes, no, you're not the neighborhood champ until you uh, until you run against. I'm not sure if I can say her name, but uh, run against this, you know, this um, this really fast girl in the neighborhood. Anyway, so this, you know, all of a sudden, you know, this this um, girl, you know, beautiful girl comes down and goes, she goes, I heard you're fast. I said, I said, I guess so. You know, I really <laughs> didn't have confidence then. And she goes, OK, you want to race? It's OK. So and I, I beat her easily. Oh, wow. <laughs> blown away you know and then um then all of a sudden you know this this gentleman name is val gross started talking to me and he goes i'm a track coach you know you're really fast i want to coach you and i said okay so it just like i just you know i didn't plan it it just happened you know so then i started in a track club and i started winning you know and um and i i made junior national teams and i just kept on building and building and building until one day you know i made the olympic team with a lot of hard work, of course. Yeah, well, right. I know you say that in one sentence, but it was like years of preparation years, and learning. Yeah, years of preparation, you know, and 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 hard work, and you know, and that was that was stressful too because I mean, there are times that you know after a workout I could barely walk, you know, and you know wow. because you you give so much, you know. I mean, I remember sometimes I would just run to the bathroom, you know, and throw up, <laughs> and like you know, a couple of minutes later I'm on the track doing high intensity intensity run, you know, because that's what we do. And because we, I, you know, I, I would push myself to the limit because in order to be, to be an elite athlete or elite at anything, you got to push yourself, you know, and that's what I did. And of course I had my mom praying for me in the background. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Wow. In order to be elite, anything, you have to push yourself. I like that. Anything, anything you have to oh. push yourself, you know, and that's, you know, with my co- coaching program, I come from it as, you know, as a, you know, helping a former Olympian, helping ladies, women, you know, to step into the greatness, you know, like to, to push them, to push themselves. You got to push yourself. You want to be the best in anything. You got to give it your your all. Yeah. So tell me about the spiritual implications of that, because you mentioned that this kind of was driving you, you weren't, weren't being able to go to church. You were, it was kind of driving you in a, in a different direction. What, what was that like? And what was your kind of thought about God at that time? Okay. So what I think good, the good thing about being a Christian you know, at a young age, I had really good values. 
you know, and um, so and and that was you know thanks you know to, you know to the Bible and you know you, you you learn all the good values in Sunday school, you know. But the thing is, you know, I was pulled, I was being pulled towards you know trying to become an Olympian, you know, which means that I didn't have time to go to church, you know, and not that you know, and so not that I, I didn't want to, I um you know I just didn't have time, and and you know, and then when I was home on Sundays, I was tired. You know, oh, so yeah. then I just didn't want to go to church. And then I just kind of fell off, you know, eventually, you know, kind of moved away from home and fell off and, and didn't, you know, stop going to church and stop, you know, stop praying, you know. And so so then I basically forgot about God, you know, in the mix of things. Right? But I said, but every time I would call home, my mom would be saying, you know, God loves you, you know, as me. When was the last time you prayed? <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. So she kept on reminding me. She kept on trying to pull me back. She dropped on kind of pulled me back, you know, and, uh, you know, and you know what, because I mean, even before I, I would, you know, compete, I would still say a prayer. So I didn't, for, I didn't forget God totally, you know, but I, I felt like, you know, you know, I was, you know, kind of, I, you know, lost contact because I wasn't, um, you know, I didn't always put him first. Sure. Sure. That, that makes sense. So yes. this became a bigger and bigger part of your life. And then eventually you, you did compete in the Olympics. You said that was the 84 and the 88. Olympics. Yeah, I don't so, even know where those were. So 1980, uh, 1984, um, you know, I was an alternate on the four by one relay team. And then 1988, I competed. And um, so, you know, I mean, I competed in the in the heats um, in the in the four by four relay, you know. And so, I mean, that was that was um, an experience. And and what really bothered me about that is because, um, you know, like I I mean, I thought it was healthy. Until I start running, and then you know, an old injury kind of popped back up. I'm thinking, mm. you know, so I'm running, I'm you know running, I'm, and I hear the crowd. The crowd is roaring, yeah, you know, you know, like you have millions of people watching you, and then here I am, you know, st- you know I start off strong, and I said, okay, Esme, now it's time to pick up the speed, and I couldn't, and all I felt was my knee, and I felt, oh my gosh, no, just feeling embarrassed. I think, oh mm. my gosh, no, you know, when when you when you feel that pain and the disappointment after. Yeah, after so many years of training, you know, I ran okay, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. I did I didn't run like you know spectacular like I know I could, you know. Yeah. So that was kind of a disappointment, you know. Um, and uh, and so because of that, I always felt you know like I was af- I was kind of afraid to say that I'm Olympian, I'm a former Olympian, because I didn't do well. Mm. Yeah, you know. So yeah, so that was um that that was a big disappointment. Um, but you know, as the years go on, you know, I realize that that's something special. Oh know? man, yeah. So not too many people are Olympians and former Olympians. Come on, so I kind of slap myself, but I wake up. Absolutely. <laughs> coffee. Oh yeah, I that would be at the top of my resume <laughs> if it, if I could. Yes. And I don't think I could get on like a curling team at this point. That's you know, not, <laughs> it's not okay. But uh, yeah, I totally. I yeah, I have so much respect for that. And, uh, man, not only just the talent that it takes, but also the hard work and the, and the effort and the, even the confidence, you know, there's a, there's a mind game that goes along with that. Oh, there's a mind game. Oh, for sure. You know, like when you go into a race, it doesn't matter who you're competing against. You must know that you're the best Mm. because I mean, if you're going there to lose, you know, then why train, you know, why why, just quit, but you got to go in there and and just think of it. You know, we have eight people lined up for the finals and we all think we're going to win. Yeah. Well, that's going to be an awesome race, you know? And and so the one who stays, who maintain their form, the best, when you look at, you know, when you're watching TV and you look at runners, they look so smooth and look so easy. 
and people don't realize it, it takes sometimes decades to get that form, wow. you know, to, to get to the level where it looks easy and people think, oh, I could do that. <laughs> well, yeah, you can do that. Yeah, until uh, you some get people, the, I don't, but some people do. <laughs> well, some people, you know, and so you know, you come, you go and run against an Olympian, even on their worst day, they're going to beat you by a mile. <laughs> oh wow, that's that's amazing. That is so amazing. Okay, so what what did you learn about yourself during your time in preparing and being in the Olympics? Oh, I learned that I'm. I, I learned that I'm tough. Mm. I learned that if I put my mind to something, you know, it, I will. I can do it. You know, and so even with disappointments, you know, I can, I, you know, I still, I learned that I have to, to um, take this appointment just, you know, one step at a time, you know, and I learned that, um, you know, as an Olympian, I, you know, I have achieved something great, you know, and, and just, be, it just gave me confidence. And I learned that, um, you know, Esme, you can do anything you put your mind to do. If you put the time, if you, tra- if anything you do, you train like an Olympian, right, it, it, you're going to be successful. Oh, yeah. Right. Because it's about it's about time in time in, you know. So when I do my coaching, it's about time. in. I, I coach people like an Olympian <laughs> yeah. you have to be disciplined. You got to be disciplined, you know. And uh, so at the times that, you know, like I don't feel like doing this, you know, like there's, there are times, you know, it's like, you know, like, as I said, I'm so sore and I didn't want to go train the next day. But guess what? I, I thought, oh, maybe for a second I don't want to go. But then I put my shoes on and, I'm, and, I, and I go. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, because I have a goal, I have a, you know, so it, it also, um, you know, kind of told me that in order to achieve anything, you must have a goal. You must have something and be, and be disciplined to follow it through. Even if you don't feel like doing it, don't, I, I've learned one big thing is don't, um, don't follow your feelings. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Your feelings will fail you. <laughs> just do it. Just get up, you know, like the Nike commercial, just do it. Yeah. yeah, just do it. You have with, you have to do it and do it right now, right? If you think about something, and do it right now. You know, because you could you can talk yourself out of success. You know, even my mom. You know, like I said, you know, being a single mom with with um, you know five kids, and you know, I would say, you know, she would get up and she never missed a day of work. You know, you know, year in year out and working her two or three jobs. I said, Mom, once I said, Mom, how do you do this? She goes, I don't think about it. I just get up and do it. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, so, you so, you know, my mom's life was, you know, her life, her life was disciplined. She was very disciplined. And then she taught my sister, my older sister, Esther, to be disciplined. So when Esther was when my mom was busy working, Esther, she was a mom at home and she was she ran the house like a clock. You know, even now she's she's, she's, she's disciplined, you know, yeah. um, because I'm, um, you know, because my mom was such a great inspiration for me. And so I learned how to be disciplined. I learned to go after I w- what I want. I, uh, you know, not always because sometimes I fail, you know, where sometimes I'm thinking, oh, I talk myself out of success. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, but, you know, but when, but when I put my mind to it, I'm thinking, okay, you know, I really want this. I know what to do to get what I want. Yeah, that's powerful. Okay, so after you you were done with the Olympics, like I don't I don't know what happens to you as an as a Olympian when you're when you're finished. Like I see, you know, you got to go figure out what else you're going to do with your life, right? Oh yeah, but you, you know what? You know what, Eric? I I kind of went through a depression oh, after yeah. the Olympics. After I realized, oh my gosh, you know, what am I going to do now? You know, I mean, I, I have have competed competed at a high level. You know, what do I do now? So um, what I did was I, I went to France for two years, you know, um, you know, I'm kind of, that, that was kind of on the downswing of my, you know, athletic, you know, career. And, uh, you know, just kind of, cause I always wanted to go to France and compete. So I did that. 
And then I, when I came back um, to Canada, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, I am, um, you know, when I was in school, I wasn't a good student because I didn't think school was important. For me, was a, track was important and training. That's all I wanted to do. I didn't care about school, you know. And then now it's like, oh my gosh, you know, to um, to get a, a good, a decent job, I need an education. So I went back to school, you know, got my bachelor's degree, you know, and um, and so did that, and um, you know, and still use those principles that, that I learned in track and from my mom to you know to do well in school, and I did that, you know. But uh, and but it's funny because. As an adult, um, you know, um, as an adult going into an adult learner, I'm thinking I was more focused, um, you know, then, like now as an adult learner than I was in high school. Because high school, I said I didn't care yeah. about school, you know, and, you know, so which is a wrong thing to do. Right? <laughs> so I so yes. after I finished my after this, 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 after this Olympian finished, I had to go back to school and up and do my upgrading. I had to upgrade because um, because of the program that I wanted to get into, I couldn't get into it without, oh, yeah. without going back to school and upgrading my sure. education. Yeah. So you had to kind of fill in some gaps from your, I, your education, things that you skipped over or didn't exactly. do well in, in you know, order and, to and get school, yeah. school had to become important for me to do well. It had to become important. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, because I, I knew I wanted to get my degree. So I, you know, so I studied and I, you know, I did that. And then, I, then I, you know, but then it's funny because I, you know, like um, there's a time where I lost myself, you know, like I, you know, I didn't, it's like I became lost. I didn't know what to do. You know, okay, I'm, you know, I'm in school. Okay, so then I got married, you know, then the kids came along and that, you know, has its own challenges. And, and I'm, I'm me being a big into sport, you know, I had the kids had to be into sports, right? You yeah. know, so I gave them a love for sports, you know, but as, as the years go, go on and, you know, went by, I, you know, kind of, you know, my husband and I kind of started, you know, you know, just wanting different things in life, you know, so the marriage broke down, you know, and then I just became so depressed. You know, and then I, and I looked around thinking, my, this is not how I, I plan my life. This is not what I want. You know, all, all the things I wanted, the dreams I had for myself, I, I'm not doing it. I'm just, you know, I come home and I, you know, I mean, I was coaching track and field too. And, and you know, and track was my passion, coaching young, young athletes. But then I kind of lost that, you know, and, and to the point where I didn't even want to go and coach. I went because, you know, I know they were depending on me, but my heart wasn't in it anymore. You know, so I mean, I finally gave that up, you know, because if you don't have a passion for something, you know, what's the point of doing it? And you, you know, you're not going to want to do it, you know, so, so then once, so then when my mom got sick, that's when I found, re, found my new passion again, when I realized that my mom lived a great life and what's wrong with me? My mom, a single mom, had five kids, and and she gave me a, she gave me a, a you know, a, like a lift. She, she, I didn't start where she started. You know, I yeah, didn't, she didn't have, right. she didn't have me in the ghetto while well, we, she had us in the ghetto. She took us out of the ghetto, you know, gave me an p- opportunity to live a great life and you know, become an Olympian. And then here I am depressed, overweight, sad, pitying myself, you know? So then when my mom got sick, it woke me up, wow. you know, it, it woke me up. And, it, and, and um, so it, she brought me back to God. Yeah. She got, you know. Well, so what was, what were you thinking about God or kind of what, what was your relationship with him like during that depressing, those years of depression? Oh, Eric, I thought God abandoned me. Mm. You know, I thought, wow, you know, like, I, like, you know, and I would, you know, I would say, you know, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for all the mistakes I made. I'm sorry. And, but I, I just felt, and I know that's not true, but I yeah. felt that he abandoned me. I, I, you know, and then I thought, 
you know, like, um, you know, I thought, well, mom, mom is praying. All the elders of the church, they're praying for me, you know. But if if God was on my side, my life would have been different. Things would have been different, you know. I mean, of course, I had my successes, right? But my failures and failing in so many things, it's you know, I'm thinking, if God was on my side, you know, I I couldn't fail. Yeah. You know, so so that's you know, so that I just felt like I, you know, God abandoned me. And, um, you know, and of course, I know that's not true, you know, because once I start, you know, like once, you know, I, I saw God's presence in my mom, you know, God was just showing me himself through my mom. And I thought, you know what, you know what, and I feel God's presence. I feel his presence in the, ho- in the hospital, you know, mm. with, but, and the glow was on my mom's face. And I thought, you know what, God hasn't abandoned, abandoned me. You know, I abandoned God. Oh, wow. So I had to, I had, I had to, to bring myself back into the fold and and start praying. Say, God, I surrender. I had to surrender everything, Eric. Yeah. I surrender for Him to lead me because I was trying to lead myself. And you know, if you lead yourself, you're going to lead yourself down the wrong path. I said, God, I try to lead myself. I led myself down the wrong path. I surrender. You lead me. You you guide me. Because I can't do it by myself. Guide me. That's what I did. Wow. I love that. That is a powerful moment, Esme. That is like, here's, here's the thing. A couple things I want to say. Number one, what you experienced during you know, that, those times of depression is completely normal. So for our friends who are out there who might have similar feelings of, you know, got abandonment from God, just know that there, there are whole books about this that is a normal experience. If you've never read St. John of the Cross's book, um, The Dark Night of the Soul, I would totally recommend that. Now, he was a, I don't know, I guess 15th century monk. So it's hard to, it's, it's, it's a different way of looking at things. But, but boy, he describes what God's doing in those times. He's refining and he's taking some things out of us, right? And he's making us... Uh, realize some things. And so it sounds like for you, one of the things you realized is that you needed him, that you yes. could be successful, but you still needed him. Right. And that he had actually given you quite a bit of goodness oh, in your life. Oh, he did. Mm. He did, you know. And then once I realized that, I'm thinking, yeah, you know, like, um, you know, like, God, I, I, you know, I surrender. Lead me, lead me, guide me, protect me, you know. And so now, so now I am the prior, the, the prior warrior. You know, because my, wow. my mom is gone now, you know, so I said, who's going to pray for my kids? Who's going to pray for me? Well, now it's my turn. Wow. You know, so now I pray for my kids. I pray for my, you know, the family. I pray. I, I pray because my mom, you know, when she was, when, when she, my mom sometimes would, would be on her knees and she'd fall asleep on her knees, you know, and that's why now I think I can't fail because all the prayers, all the prayers that went up for me. You know, and then sometimes I'm thinking, and then I realized I lived, I've lived a blessed life only because God had his hand on me. You know, even though, even when I didn't know it, even yeah. when I couldn't see it or feel him, he had his hand on me because of all the prayers that my mom, you know, sent up asking to protect me and guide me. Absolutely. Wow. That is so beautiful. Okay. Friends, uh, no matter how you feel that God is, whether he's close or whether he is far away, uh, he is not. He, he is there for you. He is, he is going to, uh, he is taking care of you and he is blessing you. And it's just sometimes a matter of realizing it, right? And right. so sometimes it's the people that, 
that uh, do that. So it was really your mom getting sick that brought you that brought you back, and you you said you took us into that moment where you saw her, and you could tell that this that this is where you needed to be is to come back to the Lord. You said that was about a year ago, or your mom died a year ago. But yes. you was yeah, this so that was about two years ago because okay. she was sick for she was sick for a while. It took a, a year. She was sick, and then you know, and then she died yeah. last year. Well, how yeah. has your life changed? And like, I'm curious, I'm really curious what you've learned about yourself since then. I've learned that I've, I'm stronger than than I thought, you know. And uh, and so I've learned that uh, you got to put God first in everything you do. You know, and so and so now, you know, I, you know, before I go to bed, I'm praying, you know, and sometimes I'm, you know, I'm driving the car and I'm just, you know, I'm praying and I'm singing, you know, you know, spiritual songs. And, you know, I just I just I just know that I'm I just feel that I'm just I'm just blessed. I feel that I'm protected. I just feel the presence of God, you know, and I just I don't even know how to explain it. I just know that he's with me. You know, and I just know that I, you know, that um, I will always have put God first. Wow. You know? And so, and so, it, so, you know, now I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I, I pray and I'm still, you know, because that's when you hear God's voice in the stillness and yeah. listen for God's voice now. Yeah. You know? So, so when do you do that? Do you, and when do you have your prayer time? Is that like in the morning or? In the, in the, in the morning and mm. at night, you know, and in, even, even during the day. You know, in my work now, you know, I know before I go in to somebody's home, I would, you know, I'll tell a prayer. I said, you know, look, God, God, help me, guide me, you know, because I, I want to make sure that he, he guides me. And, you know, and then I will just pray for my kids, you know, I said, you know, cover them, Lord Jesus, guide them, let them, let them come to, to know yeah. you, you know. And so, yeah, so I just, I just pray a lot now. And I just, you know, cause you can, you can talk to God anytime. You know, and um, and so now I just you know I pray and um, you know and I just feel it is in my heart. Oh yeah, that's fantastic! I love that. Okay, so you're also coaching and you're in your uh, work with women. So tell us a little bit about how you got into that okay, and what so, you're doing. So when I um because I was so depressed, I was you know overweight, you know, and then um lost you know basically lost confidence. And when I, when I saw my mom and I made that transformation, when I, you know, I said, you know what, you know, like um, when my mom had, I asked, when my mom was in the hospital, I said, um, you know, something said to me, ask mom, ask her why she called you sunshine. And then, so such Mm. is my nickname. And then, so I said, mom, why did you call me sunshine? And my mom said, she goes, your, your godmother called you sunshine because she saw a light in you. And at that time, I was depressed, overweight, you know, just, you know, just like, oh, you know, life is just not worth living, you know. And then and then uh, when she said that to me, like the tears are just running down my face. I'm thinking, um, a light. Where's my light? I don't have a light. Where's my passion? I don't have anything now, you know. And at that moment, I made a decision to find my light, find my passion. And when I did that, Eric... In three in three months, I lost about twenty pounds. Wow! You know, I was I I, I was so stressed at work before. I, now I go to work, I'm not stressed because I mean I know stress is coming, but I know how to manage stress. You know, I was eating better. I was just I was a different person, and that's why I said I made that transformation in that hospital room. My mom did a lot for me, you know, and so I made that transformation. And and ever since I did that, I, I gained the passion to help others because I want others to be happy. 
you know, to, to, to know that, you know, you don't have to go around living and pitting your life. You know, if you want to do something, do it. Put God first. Know what you want and then go for it and be happy. Be happy in, in, in your situation. And if you need to change it, change it. Right. Yeah. But just be happy. You know, and, and so because because of my transformation, I, I just had that passion, a passion to help women, you know, to be who God intended them to be, you know, to be the person they're meant they're meant to be. You know, and I know that so I said, I can help these women do this because you know, I did it for myself. You know, and I know I have confidence. You know, I am, I'm not afraid anymore. And even if I'm afraid, I still do it. If there's something yeah. I want to do, I do it. That's awesome. I, so I said, do it afraid. <laughs> and a perfect Amen. example is this. Um, I did my first Facebook Live a couple, I think about a month and a half ago. I saw it. I was so, yeah, I was so afraid to do it, Eric. I was like, oh my God, I'm doing Facebook Live. I put it out there, you know, because I had a coach that told me, put it out there. And then when the day came, I was so nervous. It's like, and I was just like, oh my gosh. And I don't know why I was so nervous, but I did it and I was nervous and I forgot what I was going to say, but I, I did it anyways. <laughs> and after I, after I did it, I'm thinking, what was I afraid about? Right. You know, what? It, like, it, it was an imagined, the fear was imagined. Right. Then I, I said, well, you know what? I can do this. I don't have to be afraid, you know? And I'm thinking, why am I afraid? I'm not afraid of, who am I afraid of? Right. You know? And my sister said, she goes, it's just as me, fear no man. <laughs> yeah. Fear no, fear no social media, right? Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. So um, I'm just going to share that with you. Like I, three years ago, I started this podcast. It was two and a half years ago in June, but three years ago, I bought my, my little digital recorder, which I actually have on my desk. I'm recording our conversation with it right now. And I did about, um, I did about 13 interviews and I had to get over the idea that those interviews weren't going to be as great as I'd like them to be. Right. Like they just, they were going to be what they were. And, uh, then I had to edit them and I did the, did all the stuff that took me a year. Can you imagine? It took me a year to edit 13 interviews. That was dumb. Um, I look back and think, Oh man. But what I realized I've been thinking about a lot is I, but I did it. And the fact is that I I did that. I, I worked through it. I produced them and knowing that they were not going to be as high quality as they would, but I did it with the long-term view. Right. So I could look in 2016 at 20, 19 and go, you know what? Three years from now, I'm going to be really good at this. Right. And now, you know, we just passed 150,000 downloads a couple of weeks ago. Wow. Congrats. That's insane, right? I could have never have imagined that. Like I was, I would have been happy with 10,000 downloads and that, you know, <laughs> and, and I have friends who that's what their shows, you know, do, but um, I'm, you know, I'm really blessed. And so I'm doing, starting to do some new things as well uh, that I'm planning for 2019 um, that have that have already been out, and I'm sure my friends have, have heard about it because they've been on the podcast. Uh, that are outside of my comfort zone, you know, and that it, it's that one experience that I had. Okay, I'm, you know, to, this one might not be the best. Twenty of them from now, it's going to be great. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yes. You and know, because of fear, you know, because we fear it's it's just as a, it's your imagination. It's yeah. not real. Right. It really isn't. Right. You know, and so and so that was a that was a good example for me for going and doing the Facebook Live. You know, one thing I did learn, Eric, about this is like, you know what, you yeah, uh, nobody's perfect, right. and um and just be yourself and don't look for perfection. You know, because I I was afraid of thinking, oh, you know, what if I what if I say something wrong, you know, or you know, or my accent comes out or my grammar, you know, or, you know, is wrong. I said then then I realized that so what? Yeah, this is me. Right. 
this is me. And I'm not here to, I'm not trying to please anybody because if you try and please everybody, you know, you, you, you don't please yourself. Be who you are, you know, be genuine and, um, you know, authentic and just put out there and just be, just be you. And because, because you're the best at being you, you know, and so nobody can compete with me um, at being Esme Lawrence. That's right. Because I'm the best at Esme Lawrence. So then I, I just, I lost my fear after that. So now I do a Facebook live and now, and uh, so, so I don't have to be perfect, right? You know, and I'm not perfect. And so what? Who cares? Just go there and do it. You know, if you do it because you have a passion, you have a purpose for doing it, do it. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. That is fantastic. Okay. So as we, our friends here can find you at your website. Um, that is esmelawrence.com. Yes. Uh, E-S-M-I-E. Lawrence and uh, guys, if you can't remember that, just go to half of their podcast.com. I've got the link to her site, to Esme's site, and uh, the book that we mentioned earlier that uh, she has a, a wonderful article about her mom in there. And uh, so you guys can catch all of that there. Esme, anything you want to leave us with? The only thing, as I said, I said this before, put God first in your life and let Him lead you and let Him guide you. Amen. That is beautiful. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your story with us. Wow. It's uh, so powerful. I think it's a great picture of mentoring and how, how one person, guys, all you got to do, just be that one person that, that exudes and spills over the love of Christ. It makes a huge impact. Big impact. Thank you, Eric. Amen. Amen.